Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host. I am coming at you live from Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. So glad to have you on this journey where we discover and explore five actionable tips or hacks to help you live your best life. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button and also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Special orders, curbside parcel pickup, delivery service, online ordering. We wrote the book on customer service. Well, we didn't write the book on it, but we've been doing that and more since 1946. Check us out. Chuck's Fine Wines, the legendary Chagrin Valley destination for 76 years. Cheers. everybody. So excited to be back on Five Easy Things, the podcast. Cannot wait for you to listen to my next guest. John, it's so good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, this is the first time I've actually been on a on a podcast guest, I've actually usually am the I'm usually in your shoes, and I am interviewing people for my podcast, The Disruptor. So this should be a fun sort of a dual podcasting host experience. I love it. We're flipping this. Hey, we're disrupting, right? That's what you're sure. good at. My favorite disruptor. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and um, how they can reach out to you if they'd like sure. to. Sure. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, my name is John Kuntz. Um, I wear a lot of hats. Um, I like to say that, uh, I, as I alluded to, I, I host a podcast show uh, called The Disruptor, where we talk about digital disruption and disruptive uh, events and things like that, which will sort of dovetail in today's discussion. Um, I do a bunch of mentoring for startups. Uh, I, I do design thinking uh, for sa- sales coaching for des- using design thinking. And uh, I do a bunch of not-for-profit and advisory work. But during the day, I uh, work for a uh, as a sales executive for a uh, fairly large technology firm. So, um, and some of what we're going to talk about today sort of came out of the research that we've been doing at at, at that firm. I love it. Thank you. So, um, oh, I didn't tell you how to get a hold yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, probably the best way is LinkedIn, um, and you can just search for uh, John and my last name K U N D T Z. I love it. So you and I, we have been having some amazing <laughs> conversations for I don't know over the past year or so, actually. And um, just to give full disclosure, John is one of our dear customers at Chuck's. Uh, we appreciate your support very much. Um, an avid beer drinker, so we share that in common. Um, and just an all-around really cool guy. And we got to kind of talk to each other more because of COVID. So a nice little silver lining from COVID. And found out we have some um, shared passions. And um, before we came on today, I was just talking about how I consider John to be an ally. So this is a conversation I'm super excited to have. So share with us what five things you're going to talk about tonight. Sure. So uh, I'm going to talk about five 
unfortunately not so easy things to do to create bold breakthroughs for the advancement of women in the workplace in particular and in general. So why I love that is because it's so timely. So yesterday, so as we're recording this, um, yesterday was Equal Pay Day. And I remember being a young, budding feminist back in the day, and it was 69 cents to the dollar. That was the thing. And so here we are 20 years later, and we're at 85 cents, <laughs> which I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's really, really pathetic. And it's sad and pathetic. You're absolutely right. I, I'm, I'm excited to dive into uh, the five things. So why don't you go ahead and start with your first one? Can I give it just a little bit of background and context on sort of what, why the, I think this is important? If you Is that okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I just saw you don't think I just made all this stuff up. So um, as I mentioned, the organization... The, uh, we have a, a, a research arm within my firm called the, uh, we call it the uh, uh, Institute for Business Value. And we did a study back in 2019, and then we redid it again this year, focusing on women and issues in the workplace. And, um, you know, we've got, and by the way, we're happy to, you know, share the the actual report that, that came out that's, you know, 25 or six pages uh, as part of the, you know, show notes, but, um, or, or through a, a direct link uh, to, through LinkedIn or some other way. But um, we interviewed, you know, over almost 3,000 executives, both men and women within 10 industries, nine countries. And we sort of followed up from the study we did in 2019, and we did this all, um, or, uh, basically relatively recently. So we did it the fourth quarter of last year and ended it up this year. Um, and, and, and what really hit me, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to uh, talk about the five things we can do is because I want to make sure people are aware of all the things that's sort of impacting it. And uh, Wanda, you referenced this. And, and COVID in 2020, I mean, just hit me, hit everybody, but it really hit women and, and women of color and Hispanic women uh, even harder. So there's some statistics just to sort of roll in your head as we try to go talk about how we fix some of these. I, I have some ideas, the five things maybe we can try to do. One, uh, 5 million U.S. women lost or left the job force in 2020. 86% of Hispanic women have experienced discrimination because of their ethnicity, 70% because of their gender. Black women are paid 38% less than white men and 21% less than white women. Hispanic women must work 23 months to earn what white men earn in 12. And what's really unfortunate is women of color hold just one in 25 C-level roles within organizations. So those are the, you know, some of the things. Oh, and the other thing is, What's also so contrary is that if you do the research, organizations with most with the most women at the top put, can potentially deliver higher share share performance and profits than organizations with less. And sometimes it's almost fifty percent; it's nearly fifty percent higher. So we've got this statistics that suggest that um, having a diverse uh, and uh, balanced, uh, particularly C-suite or executive suite, will drive better shareholder value and, and it'll bring more money and the companies will be more successful. But then on the other hand, we have these like just dismal, dismal statistics 
And so that's why I thought it would be, you know, valuable to talk about the five things we can do to try to have create breakthrough advancements. So I love it. So I'm going to interrupt you before you dive in because okay. you said something that I think um, is pivotal, right? So we hear a lot about diversity. And so we hear that term thrown around a lot, diversity. <laughs> but what I noticed you said was balance. And I think that's a different dialogue that's a different verbiage that that gives a different meaning a feeling to it in other words it is out of balance when there are only old white men it's out of balance right and yeah. and so when you have that balance of course your company is going to do better of course sales will be better of course all those things because you have balance right it's like what i love in wine and, and beer i love balance <laughs> right well and you're gonna get better, more and better, I guess, I don't know if that's very good English, but you're going to get a lot more ideas and they're going to be more innovative because, and, you know, instead of, because if you just have the same people looking at the same thing, you're just going to get the same idea. So by having a diverse and balanced organization or, or group, you're going to have ideas that you can, I learned this in applying design thinking, when you start like really digging into what people do and feel and say and think, and you get empathy with them, and you start to get, do idea generations with large groups of people, you can get some, that's how you come up with the breakthrough ideas, uh, you, you know, and so that's actually the, your point, I think, is why the statistics lay out that these organizations that have, have this, have a good balance and good diversity have better bottom lines. It's that simple. So I love it. Okay. So yeah. So go ahead, dive in. What's what's the All right. one? So number one, step one. We call it pair bold thinking with big commitments. And and so what we what we mean by that is you want to create treat gender equity and diversity th as though your business survival depends on it. So you, and this actually goes back to my mantra and this sort of the, the stuff that I've been pitching on the disruptor, which is you're, we're in a, a period of great disruption today uh, and it's digital, right? It's all, everything's moving quickly. And, and so I always like to say you're either being disrupted or you're, or you're the disruptor, right? In other words, you are either Netflix or you're Blockbuster, right? You're the taxi cab industry or you're Uber or Lyft. And so you're, business is, is going to depend on being disrupted or either responding to disruption or becoming a disruptor. So it just sits right in, make it a top formal business priority, you know, and then defend success with clear and concrete terms. Don't just, I mean, I think some of the, I didn't go into this, the reasons, but one of the reasons is we have a lot of uh, programs and not a lot of actions. In other words, we have a lot of, you know, go to this seminar, take this class, learn this, right? Check this box, right? Oh, do your business conduct guidelines. There's a whole section on there on being, you know, you know, you can't, you know, you have to, you can't say bad things. You can't bully, you can't, right? But we don't actually define it as cl and clear and concrete. And then the last is drive accountability and don't settle for acknowledgement. Sort of going back to what I said, where people just sort of acknowledge, oh, yeah, I went to that diversity class or I took that training or I did this or I, you know, I, everybody, nobody thinks this is a bad idea, but they don't actually do anything. Right. So they don't mm -hmm. pair big thinking, bold thinking with big commitments. 
So that's number that. one. Yeah. So that that's that's a, that's that disruptor thing. I yeah. love and, and give give yeah. giving managers across the business goal measurable goals. You and I were talking about this before we started, right? You you got to be able to see stuff before you can measure it. So part of what we're trying to do, and and you you know this is not necessarily the most comfortable thing I've ever done uh, is talking about this subject because I'm one of these old white guys that is part of the problem or my, that's right. my, my, my <laughs> tribes is or whatever. Right. I, hopefully I'm, ally, hopefully I'm yeah. not. Yes. But, um, but, but, You're but the reality, exactly. But I mean, so you got to give people stuff first. You got to be aware and see the problem. Then you got to be able to measure the problem because you can't, me- you can't measure what you can't see and you can't fix what you can't measure. Sort of one of my other mantras. So that's number one. <laughs> We on to number two? We are, whenever we you're are. ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, I love this format. I think this is fantastic, this five, five ideas thing. Anyway, number two, insist on making room. And so what, what, what we mean by that is, and, and I, I, I subconsciously have done this, and now I'm, I do it more consciously, but it's, it's make it a mantra to ask who's missing. And so if you get into a, like, I get it. And again, I'm in the technology business, and, and we're pretty good, I would say, at the management level. But when we get down into the raw technology world, part of the business, the engineers, the programmers, the architects, it's about a 90 to 10 ratio of men to women. And it's part of that's that's a whole different conversation we could have on that. But make it a mantra to like, who's not in this meeting or who's not in this room, you know, and then you have to adopt the practices to make sure diverse voices and points of view are included. And that's goes back to sort of what I talked before is if you get a good group together, you're going to get some great ideas. You're going to get things, innovative uh, uh, ideas, things to improve, you know, because you're going to get a wider spectrum of, 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 viewpoints if you will mm-hmm. yeah the second yeah. you know then sort of leads into you got to set the rules of engagement so you got to require that your business partners are aligned with your organizational commitment right you got to get everybody sort of in the supply chain if you will or the food chain to commit to improving diversity and, and gender equity and then the way you do that is you re- it's simple you reward the rock stars and you hold the others, hold the line on the others. In other words, celebrate those that operationalize a diverse and inclusive workforce, and remove support for those that don't. So again, and, insist and on making I, room. I, I love that that point because it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of being an ally. Okay, mm-hmm. so part of the ally's job is to be on the lookout to see who's missing, and yeah. then to bring that up to his peers, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, your ally is the one who's defending you and, and looking out for you and has your back when you're not there. Exactly. By your role and, and those who, there are there are other trailblazers, allies who are doing that, but that's really what makes that whole number two work is having that ally be that one to say, okay, who's missing? And yeah. now we're going to hold this, you know, team accountable for not mm-hmm. standing up or following through with the, the, uh, incentives and the goals that we have so love 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 that one all right number three number three identify specific crisis related interventions 
And and the way you do that is you first you focus on the middle, right? So you focus on like the middle management, right? The middle tier, not necessarily the entry tier, and certainly not the uh, the, the. I mean, you certainly want to. Ultimately, focus on the C-suite and the the board level. But if you focus on the middle tier and sort of fix that, it's going to propagate upwards as those people get promoted, and it's going to propagate downwards as their uh, philosophies and and just their the culture and stuff is propagated down to the people that, if you will, work for them. And so you um, again, we're going to start to get into this notion of you got to be able to measure stuff. So you seek solutions that deliver ex- ex- exponential gains. So you go, you, and again, it's sort of this agile concept, move quickly, track performance with data, prioritize the initiatives that are showing tangible value, right? And the one, like any other sort of agile approach, uh, which is again, a technology way of, of doing things quickly, uh, inexpensively, and then, and then, you know, keeping the good and getting rid of the bad or, you know, pivoting to, to do better. And then again, but it got to show visible commitment. So you got to establish, uh, you know, task force and leadership groups and, and things that you can start to show measurement and, and be visible within the organization. So that's number four or three. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Four. Number four. Number four. So here's where I get into the stuff that I like because it use technology to accelerate performance. So what you want to do is you want to surface and validate the new ideas, right? So it's the whole idea of using these technologies that are out there disrupting the rest of the world. Uh, and, 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 you know, one thing we learned in, in COVID is you could do a whole lot of things that we didn't really think we could do with a whole lot of people without having to get on airplanes and travel and bring everybody into conference rooms, right? So, so true, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I've been on, I've facilitated workshops uh, where I've had, you know, I've, I've done it physically where I've gone, you know, flown over to Europe and I, you know, spend a day trying to recover. I run a couple of workshops and I jump on an airplane and I come home and I have no idea what day it is. Um, but now I can pull people in and I can do surveys and virtual jams and design thinking sessions and do all this brainstorming and, you know, and crowdsource and all these sort of disruptive technologies that are actually, you know, building the Ubers and the Airbnbs and the Netflix and, you know, you name it, or the, you know, the world that is up disrupting the, the, the technology world. We can take advantage of those technologies and, and use it to surface and validate the ideas. So I always like to say, you know, separate your idea generation from your idea, you know, prioritization and judging, right? So you make, you generate a lot of ideas and then you judge them and then you prioritize them. And that allows you to expand uh, your routes to market. So you can invest in collaborative tools. I mean, there are lots of collaborative tools like Slack and Zoom and, you know, Trello. And we use Mural, which is a sort of really cool on, like, think of it as a giant whiteboard where you would stick sticky notes, but you're doing it electronically. And we had to, we had to encompass all those technologies uh, because of the pandemic, because we we're all, all of a sudden working virtually. But now we can continue to take advantage of that stuff and, and continue to expand those routes using these, these sort of collaborative tools. And then hardwire fr- fairness into the screening. So this one I, I love because uh, it, uh, another podcast that I hosted was a, a friend of mine, uh, Judge Ray Hedden. And he is uh, 
he sort of discovered that there's a bunch of institutional racism in the judicial system. But the problem is, is he can't prove it. It's all subjective and, you know, they know it's there, but nobody has the data because they never bothered to capture the data. So it might take this, this idea is use things like artificial intelligence to flag gender and age and ethnic, ethnic, ethnicity biased languages, right? Because a lot of the stuff we don't do intentional, to be honest. I mean, we just, but we don't, some people just don't know better. Some people do, but I think most people are, are trying to do the right things. They just haven't been made aware of what they're doing is maybe not the right verbiage or the right sentence and stuff. So you can start to use uh, AI to like look at job posts and other things that you write and all these kind of things that could potentially, you know, give this sort of implicit bi- bias or or truly a, a sort of institutional bias that that we, um, like I said, you can't can't fix unless you can see it and measure it. So that's sort of the the technology piece of this on step four. So, you know, two things. One, um, I almost feel like the COVID situation has facilitated the change that's required to move to that next level. So if you think about all of the social unrest, the racial social unrest, it, it happened in such a way that now it's in people's faces in a way that it never was before. And it opened up this dialogue and this conversation. Some authentic things have happened and this exchange has been made. And then you look at with women in the workforce. So unfortunately, most women are penalized for, for childbirth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we have this technology that allows a woman who desires to to be able to be very flexible in her work and still be able to be at home and run that conference. It it changes the whole dynamic, right? So I I love, I love that technology can be used in a way that can change things for the better, especially on this particular topic. Well, and and think about it. I mean, let's just use, you know, working from home, right. For the last, year for some of us or more it's all of a sudden it you know five even five years even a year ago you would be you would be horrified if you were on a on a, on a conference call or a video conference and your dog barked or your cat walked across your computer or your kids came flying into the room or whatever right now we all realize that that's the reality of life because we've all been we all had to like literally pick up and go back home and, you know, people are working in their bathtubs because they don't have any place else. You know, they make a little desk and they sit in the bathtub because they can't work anywhere else because they got kids. So the good news about this, this whole mess we've been through is that now people have seen the human side of the workforce. Right. And so if your kid comes and sits on your lap while you're trying to, you know, have a meeting, it nobody really I mean. Nobody cares. I mean, we don't care. it's not that we don't care. It's just the way – it's like it's okay. That's, that's, we know you got kids, right? And we know you're trying to figure out how to juggle 17 balls. So I think a lot of the silver lining in this is that people all of a sudden have taken the sort of the human-centric view of, of the workforce, which in theory should allow us to be able to be more flexible, right? Because at the end of the day, especially for knowledge workers, you know, it's different if you're – doing, you know, a physical where you've got to be, you know, working, paving a road or something. But most of us who are in the knowledge working business, you know, as long as we can get our work done every day, 
we, you know, there's no reason why you can't take an hour out in the middle of the day to go, you know, teach your kid or feed them. Or right. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, simple things like, oh, so just, I mean, I, I don't want to forget my other point, but I will say that. <laughs> so simple things like um, the infrastructure of childcare. So childcare should be an infrastructure in this mm-hmm. country that allows both parents flexibility, right? So we've had this problem. And one of the reasons that women have left the workforce is because we do not have an infrastructure that includes childcare. So who's going to put the kids on the bus? Who's going to get them off the bus? Who's going to be with the kids if they have to stay home at work? So all this technology sort of helps us move in a good direction. So that's great. So before I I forget my point, let me say this, because I think it's crucial to understand, um, how you can avoid bias. So I was, I happened to be in a clubhouse room with uh, the Mandavi wine, the family sisters. We were talking about women in wine, of course. (laughs) Right. And so one of the things she said is when they interview people, um, they, when they look at their applications, they don't know the sex of the applicant. They, they don't allow for that to be known by the Mm -hmm. people who, screening. And then someone else in the room shared that that's how some orchestras now hold their auction. I mean, their auditions. And so they will, they do blind auditions. They have no idea mm-hmm. what, what the sex or gender is of the person playing the instrument. And what they found surprisingly is they hire more women. Isn't that interesting? So it goes back to what you were saying, this unconscious bias that yeah. people have. It, 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 it sort of uh, allows for that to be done away with in many ways. So I love the point, that point that you, that you brought up. Okay. If you can remember your point, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I knew I was going to forget if I did. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm good. We should, we can go to five if you want. Okay. I'm ready. Let's do All five. Right. So number five is create a culture of intention. And so we, this goes back to the idea of you got to move away from this mindset of, uh, you know, well, you got to move from, from, excuse me, move away from this my, this program mindset, right? right? I got a program for this. I got a diversity program. I got a, you know, this program I got to, and move away and make it a growth mindset. So it's get out of this pro. What we've been doing is we've been taking these little baby steps and we were, we're expecting big results and then we're never going to get them. So you've got to have a growth mindset. So you have to have leaderships across the business to just demonstrate in- inclusive attitudes and behaviors to drive the cultural change. You have to be an amplifier, so empower all your employees, especially the managers. That's why I said we talked about working in the middle first to look to for ways to marginalize, look for ways that marginalized voices can be heard. Because that's the other problem, right? We've all been in these meetings, right, where there's always this one big, loud, stupid guy who thinks he knows it all, and he sort of monopolizes the meeting because he's big and he's you know, talks a lot. And then there's always a sort of a shy, quiet person in the corner who has brilliant ideas, but can never get a word in edgewise. And so again, back to our technology, now there's all kinds of facilitation and techniques and, and, yes, and, and it's called the mute, the mute button, honey. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in, 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 but there's ways now to facilitate collaboration so yeah. all voices can be heard, right? Mm-hmm. It's not because yeah. we don't have to be in these meetings 
like I said, you know, where, and, and again, that's one of the reasons I've always tried to say, you know, whenever I get in a situation like that, even in the old days when we were face to face, I'd say, you know, we're going to do idea generation first. You can, can't judge. You just, you just generate ideas. We'll do judging separately. And that usually helps. But now there's the, you know, with, with technology and other collaboration techniques and just the ability to, to, you know, work globally. Right. I mean, I can get people, because there's a global diversity, by the way, which the, which I've learned in my travels to, to, you know, every I've worked in every continent for business except Antarctica. And so you get this 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 cultural diversity, which is really important. So the way they think about stuff in Germany or Finland or Sweden or South Africa or, or Brazil or Australia or Japan are all totally different. And so bringing those kind of people together, again, you can get this unbelievable wealth of, of different ideas that are that, that you, you would never think of because your culture, our culture would never even go down there. We just, we just don't have it. We've never been exposed to it. So, and then the last piece of this, this create this uh, culture of intention is you really got to have, and we've just talked about this. You got to have the courage. You got to have the courage to embrace the discomfort, right? You got to, I mean, believe me, this is not, a, this is a bit of a discomfort discussion for me. I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, because I'm part of the, my, at least my, you know, the people that look like me and are my age and stuff are, 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 yeah, cause this problem. problem. <laughs> yeah, we are. So you got to you got to admit that the change is messy, and as I always say, that's one of my mantras: is disruption is messy. So you got to admit that it's messy, and you got to commit to pushing your way through it. And and that's really sort of the, I think at the end, you got to have the like you said, you got to have this courage to to, to 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 realize and be able to talk about uncomfortable things or things that aren't within your comfort zone because that's the only way we're going to all figure out again going back to the you gotta see the problem before you can measure the problem you got to measure the problem in order to fix the problem so that is the five things i i I love it and and let me just say (laughs) y'all need to feel uncomfortable because we've been feeling uncomfortable for a long time so it's your turn now (laughs) oh no i believe you i well you know it's funny because like i i i've been in these situations like when i did business in south africa and i'd go down there and or i did work in nairobi kenya and you know and and then i'm all of a sudden i am and and funny and even as as a white man there are very few western in u.s white people right the white people are usually from um from the uk or europe so it was like you had the people you know you had the the africans but then you had the sort of the the next minority was people from india because there are a lot of people come into africa to work and then they still have the leftover you know uh people from Europe, mainly UK and maybe, you know, the Dutch and stuff. But then there's very few people from the United States. Same thing in um, like Japan, for instance, even more so because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm only 5'8 and I get in an elevator and I'm like six inches taller than everybody, you know. Uh, (laughs) It's like, wow, you know. So you start to, if you put yourself in those situations globally, Mm -hmm. you'll start to understand, again, some of the things that you guys, that maybe I, you you take for granted or not take for granted, but you experience every day. And maybe right. people like me are a bit um, oblivious or, or just unfortunately aren't paying attention. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. 
Those yeah. are my five. Those are the five things that, that that came out of this report. And as I said, we we're happy to make this report uh, available to people to read the the more details. I just sort of gave you the you know the five steps. Uh, not so easy, unfortunately. I think they mm-hmm. should be easy, but I don't know if they are. And um, that's what we're hoping to be able to create bold breakthroughs for the advancement of of women in in the workplace or in, I in general. Love it. I love it. And I will put that link in the show notes so people will have access to that. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. So again, tell us some um, how people can reach out to you. Sure. Um, the easiest way is again, probably through LinkedIn. Um, and, and you can, I have a very unique last name, so you, you probably can search on that, but it's really just my first name, John, and my last name. K-U-N, Delta Tango Zulu, as they say in the military. <laughs> um, and um, I'm on Clubhouse. I'm on Twitter. I'm on most of the, the business social media. So you can find me in all of those places. But uh, LinkedIn is send me a private message. I'll I'll get you copies of it. If we, I probably can put something directly to the corporate website and the show notes, or we'll figure it out. But anyway, this has been fun, Yolanda. Um, yes, you know you're going to be back. We've got we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. And yeah, uh, this was this was not our original idea. It was just sort of like, it was a spur. So I, was I, a, I pivoted in the middle of prepping for this. But I, I love your original idea, so we've got to have you back on for that. I'm, and then I'm happy. Going to do our conversation on Clubhouse. We're going to do okay. that. Well, yeah, you know what? While we're doing it. this, so I I think that's let's 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 put a plug in for that. So it would be fun. And maybe uncomfortable for for me at least, but uh, to have the continue this conversation uh, after the pod, maybe after the podcast is released or in conjunction of it, so that people can uh, you know we can talk live about some of these things and get get. I mean, this is again not necessarily my opinion. I mean, I agree with it, but I it's I I'm not I didn't make this stuff up, so I'm just sort of the news reporter. Uh, for for this particular event, so it'd be very interesting just to get other people's perspective and feedback, and certainly um, I'm sure we could uh, even feed it back to the people that wrote wrote the stuff. I love that idea. We will plan that for sure. Cool. All right. Thank you, sir. Right. Enjoy the rest Thank of your you. evening. All right. Care. Cheers. I just want to say thank you so much. To everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing, I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.